0: Okay, guys, I feel like I would be out of place if in the beginning of this episode, I didn't bring up censorship. <laughs> because it seems as though if you make jokes about serial killers online, then you're going to get censored. Oh, yeah. So for our listeners out there, you may not want to, to, to post joking memes about serial killers online. Or you may get banned from your own podcast I didn't even think it was that (laughs) offensive Uh, Salty table of one Right over here Yes
1: Stephen you are I have never seen you so Perturbed about something Mm, Interesting choice of words I would have said butt hurt I didn't want to go there
0: Uh, Rightfully so though guys Don't you think a little bit in this case You
1: did get banned from your own podcast page
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah Yeah
2: (laughs) Speaking of Joel, do you think we should talk to him now or after,
1: after, the, podcast after the podcast is over? After ah, want to get yes. one, more in, yeah. after, one okay. more in the can.
0: okay, okay. Okay, yeah, yeah, it's probably for the best.
1: Th- thank you, Zuckerberg, thank
0: you. You know, Joel and I spoke about this a, co- a few episodes ago. It may have been the one that uh, you were not on, Ian, for whatever reason. I think you were doing some dumb shit, like, working. Probably. But we brought up the fact that, is it cool for people to wear shirts with, uh, with glorifying serial killers? Is it cool... To post memes that are joking about serial killers eating and murdering people. Like, where's the line here? Where should we cross? Where should we not cross?
2: Uh, I think the thing that you hit on the first part was where you said glorification. Because I think that's pretty fucked up. But the whole joking about it? Like, the joke that you you put up was making fun of how someone who we know was a cannibal is a cannibal. Like... (laughs) You're just telling the same thing that we already fucking know, and it wasn't like you were like they deserve to be eaten or anything stupid like that. Yeah, it
0: was uh, simply a picture of Jeffrey Dahmer eating a hamburger, and it said, "This doesn't taste like Five Guys." God, it's so good. <laughs> it is good, and I'm I'm yeah. I'm pissy about it, guys.
1: That's like a good ha, ha chuckle kind of thing, not like a ooh he went there. It's classy. It's quick. It's it's not in your face. It's it's, it's in his face actually. It's nice.
0: Yeah. Uh, so I think we can say that, that fuck Mark Zuckerberg, right? We can just say that? Right? Yeah. Joel. I don't think
2: anyone's gonna disagree with
0: that.
1: Nah, I don't even think Mark Zuckerberg is, is gonna disagree with you on that one. I think Mark is like I shall cry myself to sleep with my hundreds of
0: billions of dollars. Yeah. He's just listening to this and he's like, Yeah, I mean fuck me, right? <laughs> yeah marky mark get at me bud so yeah you know without any a proper introduction to the show i just thought it would be fun to bitch a little bit so anyway we never do that no no never so welcome to the curly mustache podcast i'm steven
1: i'm joel igula and i'm ian Dollboy
0: mingle <laughs> strong lungs mingle oh yeah <laughs>
1: hold on ian before we start, this is, this is our episode, we need to, I need you to work with me, ready? Because we're going to be doing some, we're going to be doing, this is accent heavy episode, ready?
2: <clears throat> <clears throat> nee, 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 nee. Ah. Vodka, vodka,
1: is much fun. Vodka, vodka, give me some. Vodka, vodka, what have I done? What is happening? <laughs> vodka, vodka, I want a son. Is good enough for me. We're ready, Stephen. we need to practice, Get get our accents ready. Jesus
0: Christ. Okay. Okay. So anyway, if you're joining us for the first time, what we do is we take one real life villain, one fictional villain. We discuss their histories, their motives, their crimes, any connections that the two may have. And we cap off the episode with whether or not they could ever be redeemed with our trusty bowler hat scale. So I picked the villains for us today and, uh, I think you guys are probably going to have to help me pronounce the uh, the first name of this Russian villain. You mean Anatoly Moskovin? Anatoly Moskovin. Comrade Anatoly Moskovin.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, ah, yes. Anatoly Moscovin So, born 1966, still alive, also known as the Dollmaker, which sounds like a pretty fucked up, like, DC Marvel villain, right?
2: Kind of like a low rent, like you see him every once in a while and then people are like, oh, it's the fucking, that's that dude.
0: Yeah, like he has dolls with the like little wind up explosives on the back where you like wind it up and then it like walks towards you and blows up.
2: Yeah, he's mostly annoying and creepy. Yeah, he's going
1: to show up in the next uh, iteration of the Suicide Squad movies. I can see that.
0: Low tier villains. (laughs)
1: Yeah, it's like the Zack Snyder third release cut cut.
0: Or possibly the Mockbuster version of it, uh, Sinister Squad.
2: What? (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, that's <Okay>. a thing
2: <laughs> I think I think the original movie did a good enough job Of making
0: fun of itself It didn't need another iteration He was a Russian linguist and historian And he would exhume bodies from local graveyards Mummifying them, dressing them And posing them around his home Like dolls
2: Yeah, not just like dolls uh, As dolls I, I, mm, I would say What are those like sex dolls That are supposed to be super realistic Real dolls
1: Real dolls <laughs>
2: Real dolls, yeah. Like real dolls, but a lot more,
1: honestly, like, sweet. And a
0: lot less sex. A hundred percent
1: less sex. <laughs> this guy, hold on. We did do, just out of curiosity, we did do Dennis Nielsen, right? Yes, yeah, we did. Okay. This guy is Dennis Nielsen.
0: This is this is Russia's Dennis Nielsen without the fucking. Did you just kind of do Russian-Irish Kinda. right there? Or Scottish? He was Scottish.
1: As a matter of fact, I at the did.
0: end of the rainbow, there is pot of vodka. End of rainbow finds you. <laughs> uh, as a child, Muskin lived in. Uh, I'm going to butcher the shit out of this. So, Nizhny Novgorod, uh, the fifth largest city in Russia, he would often visit and wander through ga- graveyards as a kid.
1: I don't know if you ever did you uh, if you guys watch any of the documentaries about this guy on on YouTube. Uh, But all of them were like A&E and the History Channel. So it was super dramatic. They're always like, as a child, he would wander through graveyards and cemeteries. And and, and they always made it sound like it was the worst fucking thing on the planet. I always
0: did it because I thought it was fucking cool. It was cool. But also, like, it makes sense that this guy would be on, like, A&E and the History Channel and stuff like that because... I know we're, we're putting him, you know, in the villain category, but I mean, he's a pretty low tier villain and we'll get to it. But like the fact that he's eventually just so well regarded around the academic community and he's, he's basically a fucking historian. So it, it makes sense why he would be on those channels. Okay. Let's get
2: into this guy because I think this is a very interesting case, especially juxtaposed next to all the other people that we have, which is like where we're trying to pick apart, what made a person so evil this one is going to be more of an internal moral uh battle on like is this something that i actually think is evil yeah yeah for sure because like that's that's one of the main things i don't know if you guys noticed this but when you were doing research for this did you guys find that russian people were split right down the middle on whether or not he should be fucking dead or he was fine
0: yeah i mean i think
1: i felt like, I had that battle internally while I was doing research on him. Same. I just felt like he was really living according to the Cree of the indigenous people of, you You know, never letting anything go to waste. You know, he, he put all, it's like, look at that. I have an addition to my home. <laughs> Joel, I think that's different. I was, I was lonely and now, now I have Sinbad's. House guest. <laughs> this is not like
2: weekend in Bernie's where he Okay, let's get into this guy before I, I bury this too much. <laughs>
1: this is this is Russian's weekend at Bernie. He's very serious and we do not joke and lots of vodka is drank. Uh in Soviet Russia weekend burn you? No. No, the state burns okay. you
0: because you asked for Alright, let's keep going. <laughs> yes. Let's So, one thing that he claimed that happened to him when he was a child was that he attended the funeral of an 11-year-old, like, peer, and he was actually forced to kiss the dead girl's face while she was in the casket. So, he describes this as an adult actually pushed his face down to the waxy forehead of of the girl in an embroidered cap, and there was nothing he could do but kiss her as ordered.
2: They gave him a ring. Uh, like, as, a as like, a keep your mouth shut kind of thing. They gave him a ring, some fruit, some candy, and some money. Like, they put the ring on his fucking finger. And uh, I guess when he left there, he Anatoly was a very, like, he's a very intelligent man and was a very intelligent kid, too. But also, not real good at social stuff. Like, real bad at that, actually, I would say.
0: Could have to do with, like, being forced to kiss dead bodies. When...
2: Yeah, I don't know. Well... So, this kid, after he left this wild interaction, he, like, dumps the fruit, eats the candy, and then uses the money to go get books about languages. He's just like, Oh, that was weird. Guess I better go get more books about languages so I can spend more time by myself. Can I ask a question?
1: When we discuss this guy, do you feel that he is on the autism spectrum? Of behaviors,
2: I wouldn't say autism. I would like—is he
1: on different. the spectrum? Is he on the spectrum? Like, perhaps maybe Asperger's. I'd say no. Given his what's what am I looking for? Obsessive nature, his absolute like you said in, in high school, this guy was utterly and completely inept when it came to social cues whatsoever. No, what and yeah. as well as having a disconnect between not not knowing what's right and wrong but having that disconnect between what is uh, understanding what is socially acceptable and what you really want which doesn't mean you're doing something wrong it just means like people on this on the higher functioning end of the autism spectrum have a kind of a hard time delineating between the two and i feel like this guy might be our first And again, I'm not saying any. I'm not trying to be offensive, but I'm saying that this guy next to Ed Geen, maybe, might be
0: our first on the spectrum kind of villain.
2: That's a possibility.
0: Yeah, maybe. I think it's possible. I think as we get into the story a little more, we realize that, like, you know, we'll get into it. But like, he very much knew what he was doing was wrong. Yeah, it wasn't a uh, like. Uh, a weighing type or it was more of a weighing type thing rather of a not knowing type thing like he very much admitted that he was like that he knew what he was doing was illegal as fuck oh yeah absolutely i'm
1: not trying to discredit his picadellos as they were as it is look at the
0: big brain on joel nice (laughs) word (laughs) (laughs) so all right let's move on with him so throughout high school and college. He actually became well-known in academic circles for his interest in, as uh, Ian said, linguistics. He got really into folklore, uh, particularly European folklore, uh, deep interest in cemeteries and burial rituals, death, the occult. He ended up accruing more than 60,000 books at his flat of just yeah. random things. He is a self-proclaimed necropolist. I guess I, that's how you say that? It's not a word. <laughs>
2: Yeah, necropolis, it's basically someone that's like a a cemetery enthusiast, which honestly is, I think one of the themes that we see with him is he has empathy for the forgotten.
0: That sounds like a fucking, like a 2004 Haste the Day song.
1: Thank you, thank you, I was trying to figure out a band because I was just like, that is an emo band (laughs) name, Empathy for the Forgotten. But no, that's like uh
2: vampire weekends not not vampire weekend but let me try again uh bullet for my valentine's next album empathy yes. for the
1: forgotten this guy when you describe him as you know all his interests he was kind of that guy in my 20s when i would go to a party and there was that one weird dude who was just kind of sitting in the corner by himself the moment you see him you're like oh this dude knows some cool shit That's going to creep me out, but I'm going to take with me for the rest of my days. I could see myself totally hanging out with a guy like
0: him. (laughs) I know that sounds weird. But he's also like one insult away from shooting up the school too.
1: Oh, for sure.
0: And that's why you be his friend.
2: (laughs) Yep. Yeah. He's a dude you want to, yeah, you would want to hang out with on your terms, but you would never want to work with him. Never. Oh, did you guys read about his girlfriend in high school? I
1: didn't know he had a girlfriend in high school. I thought
0: he had none i i thought he didn't date that's because he didn't yeah he
2: was a very <laughs> lonely boy this this boy was very lonely. i was gonna say
0: i the, all the research that i had done said that he never dated never got married never lost his virginity never smoked and never drank
2: um he did kind of date where are we at on the timeline right now about college area uh, around college yeah okay so have we gotten into when he gets into black magic yet
0: Mm, i mean he starts yeah like right after right while in college after high school he starts really diving into the occult
2: yeah so when we say diving into the occult and this is of course his story of it so you kind of have to take it for what you will here but he got involved with uh, a local luciferian group which is like a theistic they they basically worship the devil they do a lot of left hand path magic kind of shit and um He took a vow of celibacy and a vow of abstinence from drinking and smoking. So everything basically, and met another or met a girl at this, like, I don't know, Satan meeting, I guess I'll call it Lucifer meeting. And they started a non-sexual relationship, um, which is exactly like it sounds.
0: Um, So it's like an old style version of like a a beard. No, yeah, I mean, I was going to say, a, uh, like, a, an online girlfriend.
2: Yeah, I guess. Yeah. I, you wouldn't know her. She goes to another school. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> I was going to say, the more we discuss him, and the more we talk about, like, I didn't know about that, uh, the, the black magic thing, the group of Satanists, to me, that sounds like someone who's kind of using that as an excuse because he was, in fact, just asexual. And and people understand, oh, oh, you know, he's trying to build up that legend. All creeps and nutcases like that. and I'm sorry to use that term, but all people like that you, world build. They build their image, and the idea of, yeah, you know, especially because you know, Russian prison. Oh, did you hear about Yuri? He's black magic practitioner. Infinitely more scary than. Did you hear about Anatoly? He is asexual.
0: <laughs> I know you're bringing up the Luciferian shit, but like to me, looking at this guy's story and the way he was and, and the way he just liked to gather information, I don't know that he ever really believed in any of that shit. I felt like maybe he just joined that to just gather as much knowledge and as much information about as much stuff as he possibly could. You know I don't what I mean?
2: Necessarily think so. I think that he was extremely good. He he was first off historian and secondly was uh, had a lot of lateral thinking. So like his idea of spirituality was you know there was a lot of time spent in that head space. So I'm not necessarily sure that Joel's thing about the asexuality is right or not if he was on the spectrum and had a hard time trying to connect with people, which is why like the only time he could connect with people was when he was either writing books, reading books
0: or talking about books.
2: Like it might've been that he got
0: involved. In we this. didn't really mention his parents either. Like he didn't really have a bad relationship with his parents, but they just weren't there. They weren't really present yeah. at the flat. Like he, they, he technically lived with his parents at the flat, but they had another home that they were always at and they just were never there when they were there when they saw eventually saw you know his crimes they were just like oh okay those are some dolls
2: yeah they were uh how do i put this they're old school soviet parents like if there was something that was different about their child you just didn't talk about it you just didn't you didn't talk about it you didn't mention it you didn't look at it because you know during when they were growing up if anybody talked about it or mentioned it or it got talked about too much that person just fucking disappeared so it's kind of an old ingrained habit
1: in an entire culture you have to understand in russia if child is weird if he dies he dies <laughs> and since he is
0: not dead well we don't ask too many questions so i know that we said that this guy was like Basically a scholar, but he had books published like he was a fucking writer. He was a historian. The dude was smart as fuck and he was a great writer. So in 2005, this fellow academic peer of his uh, and he was a publisher, he, he commissioned Moskvin to summarize and list the dead in more than 700 cemeteries in 40 different regions in Russia. So Moskvin claimed that within the two years, from 2005 to 2007, he had gone on foot to inspect 752 different cemeteries. He claimed to drink from the puddles there. He spent the night in haystacks and abandoned farms. He slept in cemeteries, including coffins that were being prepped for funerals on the next day.
2: Oh my God, it's so good. So Moskvin... You got to say, he's got fucking stick-to-itiveness, because most of the time, he was either taking buses or walking to to all of these places. Because this was like, it's not the best areas that you go to find graves that no one has records from. So after the Soviet Union fell, a lot of records were just completely gone. Huge swaths of people's families, like they didn't understand where they came from or went to. And this was sort of like his his
1: baby project in no way are we hiding crimes for what has happened by destroying of massive amounts of paper it's fresh start yes
2: you can't yeah you can't count the amount of dead if you don't have any names also this wasn't the
0: 1970s or 60s either this was fucking 2005
2: oh yeah but the, the stuff that he was looking at was from pre-soviet era that records that were destroyed so it was like
0: i was just meaning that like t- the technology was there you know what I mean?
2: Ah, man! <laughs> like rural Russia is not the same as rural U.S. And even so, 2006 right. too. No,
1: 2006 r- rural Russia is is very much like uh, 1920s Oklahoma, as you call it. Yeah, except he's somebody has a <laughs> incredibly unpleasant fax machines. Yeah. Someone has fun and funny Tinder app. Oh God, I forgot the so he,
2: he's. Trying to find a place that he can sleep one night, and he comes into a mausoleum that's being prepped for a body to be laid there. And he's like, well, fuck it. I'm just going to sleep here tonight. And so he falls asleep in the casket, gets woken up the next morning. When they're picking the fucking casket up to take it to the funeral to put the body in it. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, ah! And they're like, ah! <laughs> the fucking gravediggers are like, they do that, Ah! ah. Okay, so one of the many reoccurring things that you'll see in his stories is that so many of the interactions he had on the road were with fucking drunk people. So many drunk people. He got beat up a thousand times. But the gravediggers were like, what the fuck? And he's like, oh, sorry, guys. You know how it is. You have a rough night out. You just fall asleep forever. And they're like, we fucking good. We're drunk as shit right now. We're going to go put a baby in this thing. Jesus
1: Christ. And then he's
2: just like, all right, I'll see you guys later. Real dark, Ian. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, it started out with him sleeping in a fucking casket. It never started light. he got you
0: there. So, by 2011, police actually started s- suspecting him uh, for, like, Occasional occasional vandalism and theft. And they never charged him because he would, you know, state the academic reasons behind his visits. But there was enough of a pattern that they began suspecting him in grave robbing.
2: Okay, so this is one of the things that I thought was uh, not hilarious, but interesting too. So the thing that originally got him on the cop's radar is he wrote this very long... I don't know, I, it was basically like an essay kind of thing that would get published and hopefully he would get money for, which is kind of how he only lived, he, he pretty much lived hand to mouth, he was very poor but he wrote this very long essay about a a local indigenous groups of people and how during certain fighting years they were taking slaves, they were raping and pillaging and that kind of shit, and this was directly after a terrorist a terroristic attack, and it It shadowed a lot of those same feelings by the groups who had done this terroristic attack. So everyone was like, oh, he sounds like one of those crazy guys. Uh, We better keep an eye on him. Oh, so the police state kind of worked? I mean, accidentally, which is as we've seen with a lot of times here where just like they kind of. Fall
1: backwards into this shit
0: right? And then they take all the credit for it (laughs) No it's clear sign that the
1: police state Is working properly Do not fear citizens We will not throw you into camp If you are not doing anything wrong
0: They had suspected Moskvin Because the initial report was that 29 different bodies had been stolen from their graves In the area over the past Several years They end up serving a warrant And find 26 children's bodies At Moskvin's flat all being mummified, dressed, posed around his flat like dolls, seated on shelves, chairs, sofas. They find instructions for creating the dolls, like how to mummify them, maps of all the cemeteries, videos and photographs of the open graves and the desecration. Like, they find the, the gold mine of like this dude's like craziness. And I'm telling you folks... You should look up pictures of these fucking dolls because mm. they are goddamn fucking nightmares.
2: I don't think you should,
0: actually.
1: <laughs> I absolutely think you should. If you want to feel sad on a deep personal level, like just an, on a level of like, what the fuck am I doing with my life? This is what you need to do. Here's my question. They found uh, instructions on how to mummify. Where the fuck did he get that? How much, okay, 2011, who wants to bet? Oh, he
0: had 60,000 books
1: in his house. Yeah. No, I'm just, (laughs) I'm just going to lay good odds that it was probably, there was was more than one 4chan visit that he was on that told him what to do, because it's 2011, this is the
0: height of 4chan. He was on Bleach Chan. Bleach Yes. <laughs> so, he had been doing this over the course of ten years. Yeah, That's how long he'd been doing that. So, he would mummify them with plaster and cloth, but he couldn't prevent them from shrinking because bodies naturally shrink as they're decaying. So, he would often, like, cover their faces with these little homemade wax masks that he made with children's faces painted on them. I'm telling you, it's fucking frightening.
1: this
2: guy uh, okay so this dude is all about reuse reduce recycle because all of the stuff that he got (laughs) all the stuff that he got what the fuck okay so the first time that this happened he he this man deeply believes in the uh ability to commune with the spiritual realm um and he also had a deep love for children he was a teacher for a little while Um, all of the people that said that he dealt with children said he was actually great with them it would make actually joel this is making a lot more sense now with your theory because he's able to connect with people that are thinking communicating on a much more simplistic straightforward manner so he actually
0: admitted that he wanted children and he actually tried to adopt a child at one point but he was denied this was when he was with that
2: that woman, when they had a non-sexual relationship, they tried to adopt someone together. He was denied because he didn't have enough money.
0: Going back to, like, the black magic stuff, he was a self-proclaimed expert in Celtic culture. Like, specifically in the study of, like, druids and their communication with the dead. Like, he claimed that he had permission from these children's spirits to dig up their graves and give them new life. So, basically what he was doing was or why he was mummifying them, why he was putting masks on them is that he knew that their bodies were breaking down. He knew that they were decaying and he wanted them to be comfortable and not sad about their decaying bodies. Whenever the time came that they're, uh, that they're, they regained their life and that's why he gave them new faces. That's why he gave them like new clothes and things like that. It's, It's super weird.
1: (laughs) There's something incredibly... I want to say, I guess, an old-fashioned romantic period style of acting. Like, he feels this affection. Like, everything that he does. And this is what I feel makes him more of an interesting... And I almost hesitate to use the word villain. But he is kind of a villain. He, I mean, he willingly broke the law, and performed creepy acts. But there is no malice. Everything that he
0: does, well, is well, from a pl- well. Well, it's a matter of perspective too, because from a point of view of the parents of those children, or or any of the families of these children, it's like this guy a hundred percent is a villain. He dug up their fucking kids' dead bodies. Absolutely. You know? But what I'm talking about, what I'm talking about with this guy
1: is with with him in particular from his mind space right like you got your ted bundy he wanted to degrade he loved but he wanted to degrade he wanted to hurt uh Dahmer. i love them but i have to kill them and eat them to keep them with me uh you know all these villains they love but they also have to do evil things and his entire thought process was I want to do right by them. I need to do right by the children. I need to care for them. I need to show love in how I'm able to, by, by, I guess his love language is performing acts of service, you know? And I know that sounds bad, but I think he's kind of the first villain we've done that doesn't have Genuinely malicious intent.
0: I would agree with you that he's probably the first one we we have done, but I would hesitate to call him the only one that's out there. Yeah, because I feel like I've read or heard about a lot of serial killers out there that have really killed and not even really known that they're doing anything wrong, right? Or never even never even thought they were doing anything wrong. Okay,
2: I got it. I got it. I got it. This guy is different because no one got hurt. Okay, I'll take it. Like. Physically, no one got hurt. Uh, One of the things, too, he did know that what he was doing was wrong. He knew it would be very perturbing to the parents, so he was extremely careful about making sure that the graves never looked disturbed, that it was never suspicious. Um, The whole reason to go back to, like, why he got busted, too, they didn't know any of the bodies were at his place. They Uh, They were busting him on a couple different things because he was kind of creepy. He had also said some shit in the, the scholastic world that gets you into hot water. Like Joel was saying, maybe somebody with autism wouldn't understand what could jeopardize a career. And that's when they find all these bodies. And they kind of retconned it into like, oh, yeah, we were suspecting him the whole time. We
1: got him. (laughs) (laughs) We got him, partners. Right, right. Let me tell you something. We are well aware of his crimes. How many? How many did he take? How many? 29? We knew that there were 29 dead bodies in there that were missing from various... From where? Cemeteries. Cemeteries. Yes, Yes, yes.
0: Yeah, I mean, going back to what Ian was saying with him knowing, like, he admitted that he knew he was committing a crime. He claimed that, to him personally, though, the children's wishes were more important than the law. So he was making a very conscious choice about what he was doing. But he was also very vocal about the fact that he did not have any sexual attraction to the children and that he basically, he said that he claimed they were his own children, like, and that he would never hurt them. Like, this is... Maybe not malicious or villainous per se, but this is some serious psychosis. Oh yeah, yeah! Like
2: now, everybody knows what it feels like to be lonely, you know. And if you take that to a like a,
0: no one knows it what it's like to be the doll man. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Oh, this has been another curly mustache.
1: I've got 29 mummified bodies.
2: Boom, 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 boom. Okay, so everybody knows what it's like to be lonely, and you push that to an extreme, and this is a guy who's lived his entire life almost exclusively in his head. Uh, He's not just fascinated with what we would consider to be macabre. it, It consumes every part of his life. So, when he he gets these children, he takes extreme care to make sure that he, he is as respectful to the body as possible. I mean, like, literally respectful. He the, One of the few things he ever purchased for all of these things was a, a very nice linen sheet. So, that way, when the body was actually being taken out of the grave and then transported to his house for, for further processing, um, they were...
0: <laughs> I know, I know. I didn't have a better... Presenting. Further presenting.
2: Yes. <laughs> Further presenting.
0: Presentation.
2: Um, Yeah, it's all about presentation. So one of the things that was really telling to me about where his mindset was is he was talking about in the 1960s, there was a fruit fly experiment, um, which is actually a huge deal in the scientific community if you know about it. They did experiments on fruit flies in the dark, breeding over time to see what the differences would be if generations of fruit flies were done in the dark. He said... At the time, in Soviet Russia, it was illegal for those scientists to do those experiments, but it was the right thing to do, and it's furthered scientific knowledge. He knew that cloning is illegal in Russia, but these children were taken at a young age, and if he could preserve their spirit, and maybe they could re- preser- they could uh, restore their bodies, he could then bring the spirits back to the bodies and give them a second chance. Mm.
0: Yeah, his whole thing was... He didn't want them to be uncomfortable or unhappy with the way that their bodies were once the time came when their spirit returned.
2: Do you think that he's just trying to, like, talk to him, like, a version of himself as a child, as a lonely child who just felt like no one wanted, No, nobody was
0: around? I'm not even going to pretend to try and unlock the mind of a paranoid schizophrenic.
1: See, that's the thing. <laughs> I, mm, I don't know if he would qualify as a paranoid schizophrenic. Paranoid schizophrenic. Yeah, but fuck That's what he was
0: evaled yeah. as, so, I mean, you know. Yeah,
1: I just, I don't. I know,
0: I, I know, but that's what he was uh, diagnosed with. I can't say that I know a, more than a bunch of fucking doctors that diagnosed You mean you
1: mean the Russian doctors that needed a prosecution immediately from the state to show the people that they are exactly in charge and these things cannot go any further than they
0: have. In this Russia. conversation right here is exactly how anti vaxxing
1: happens. <laughs> um, okay. How fucking dare you put me in? I will
2: fucking fight. That's you. right. He's really against vaccines. You will fuck <laughs> your uh, own so- face. <laughs>
1: I'm going to... You know it's what? I'm going to say this right now. Okay? A little off topic, but I'm going to say this now. If you are a listener of ours, and you are anti-vaccination for either your children or yourself or other people, um, I want you to unsubscribe to our shit, and I want you to go fuck yourself. Okay. Noted. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. I just yeah, want to make sure I put that out there. It's out there now.
2: Um, also, if we haven't said it before, fuck Nazis. So... When he was, when the sentencing started happening, um, first thing that happened is the, the defense was like, yo, he's fucking crazy, so he can't really be tried as a criminal. And then the prosecution was like, yeah, he's fucking crazy. He can't be tried as a, as a criminal. The downside to that, though, is just like in the American justice system, if you go into a mental institution because of a crime, you can
0: just stay there for fucking Ever. His initial punishment was uh, up to five years for grave robbing and, and desecration. When they used the the diagnosis, the eval, they put him into a, a mental institution, and he's still there. I mean, this happened in 2011. He's still there now. He actually has been up for release eval, like, I think four or five times by this point, and they basically just say, he's not ready. It's not, it's not safe to let him out. And, you know, I don't know if safety... Is necessarily the the focus there. I think it's more or less like this is just gonna rob some more graves if we let him out. But maybe not. Man,
2: this one really got me too, as far as is this a bad guy or not kind of thing. One I don't really trust well, the Ian. But.
0: As Wreck It Ralph taught us, just because you are bad guy does not mean you are bad guy.
2: Oh, uh, poignant man. Love is love is love, right? <laughs> uh so at, at, at the sentencing, the, the family gets to speak because that's kind of how it goes. Um, and most of them had the reaction that you would expect, which is, you know, burn him, fuck him, he's terrible. But there was one little, little girl's uh, father who spoke and he said that he should be let free because he treated my daughter better in death than I treated her in life. He read her books. He sipped tea with her. He sang songs together with them. They even made up their own holidays, and I could never hold it against that man.
0: Using "they" is a <laughs> is a little bit of a stretch. I don't think they sung songs together. Oh fuck you! <laughs> listen, if perce- listen, listen. It's
1: like I say: if perception, if reality is perception, and he perceives that she is singing to him. Is that not reality? No. He went. He went to a black mess. He was practicing. If 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 what he says is true, he was practicing left hand magic. Left hand magic is putting out intention, making reality your your perception of reality, literal reality, putting the energy out there. So what if in fact? No. It did happen.
2: For reasons, Yo, Joel. This Catch. is actually a really good point. Uh, when Z gets home, I'm gonna be like, my perception is that you are going to make me a sandwich. I'm I'm gonna try this. We're gonna see how this works because that shit is not gonna yeah, fucking fly, yeah. okay, dude. Let's I was gonna that say, works. please,
0: please report back to us. Yeah, how no, that it's works not any of you. this
2: shit works. <laughs>
1: No, please let us know how how it feels to get the fuck beat out of you. I really want to I want to hear it. I want to know how that works for it you. It feels sexy, from being honest. That is goddamn creepy. Wow. How about we move on if we're done to our next How ca- how can like
2: mummified babies not creep you out? But when I say, you know, maybe she's let me around a little bit and I get a boner, no big deal. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, Anatoly Moskvin, though, um he went up for parole a bunch of times and um i don't know if you guys know about the case against pussy riot the uh russian punk band that was criticizing the putin government or whatever you guys know about this okay so the same person that defended them in their last hearing was also a person who took up a case with anatoly Moskvin too and it was a big deal because he, like, not only had he not seen the light of day, it turns out once this high-powered defense person came in, they found out that he, had, they had been drugging him to the point of him not being able to keep his own saliva in his mouth.
0: Okay, so he wasn't being released because they were making him worse. Yeah, he,
2: they were just pumping him full of drugs and being like, nah, he's nah, he's not any good. He's not, He's not good right now. This is like part of what I was saying with the whole uh, the diagnosis thing. It wasn't until this person got hired as the defense lawyer that the same doctors who had been his doctors the entire stay transferred to different hospitals. And now the doctors that he have say, oh, no, he should be released. What do you think? I think he's a fucked up dude who probably needs to be on some medication and, and talk therapy for the rest of his life. Intensive and therapy. He should Intensive probably therapy. be monitored. But, yeah,
1: I don't think he... He's not dangerous. No one was physically hurt. What you are saying sounds dangerously close to rebellious talk. And Oh, I forgot empathy. He is not the, this thing known as... Empathy is not allowed in state. It shows weakness in Western capitalism. Perhaps...
0: I think you mean... Empathy for the first forgot- <laughs> God damn it. Empathy.
1: Empathy.
2: Dude, I kind of do want to hear a Russian uh, screamo band called Anatoly Moskvin, and their first album is... Empathy for the Forgotten. I I would fuck with
1: that. I would fuck with that.
0: (laughs) From the album Dolls on the Shelf. All right, so moving on. Our second villain, our fictional villain for today, is Frank Vito, created by Joe Spinell for the film Maniac in 1980, directed by William Listig, uh, portrayed by Joe Spinell in the 1980 film and also Elijah Wood in the 2012 remake. We're going to mainly be sticking to the original film uh, in this one. Please. Please, for the love of God.
2: You guys didn't watch the remake?
1: Oh! I've, I've seen the remake.
0: I've seen the remake. Joel, did you watch I, it? I
1: genuinely don't remember a goddamn thing about the remake, other than I had a strong visceral reaction of, ugh, no. Yeah, that's gross, for sure. <laughs> no, I just, no, as, ugh, no, as in, I don't like this. Yes, this sucks. I did it backwards. I watched the
2: Elijah Wood version first. And that was a fucking
1: mistake. Because Joe Spinell has a long history of just, in in Hollywood, just making these weird-ass movies where it's like, well, that's fucked up. But I kind of identify a little bit with this fucked-up character. Huh, he's...
0: It's like garbage. It's mm -hmm. like, I'm trying to remember the correct name for it, but it's like New York City trash crime. It's the type of people that Rorschach was talking about in Watchmen. Yeah. It's the
2: dude that is the fucking Iceman. Like, New York City trash uh, fucking psychopath.
0: Frank Vito is an Italian-American landlord living in New York City who is also a schizophrenic serial killer who spends every night stalking and murdering women, scalping them, then bringing their scalps and clothes back to his apartment to decorate a collection of mannequins that he owns. Can you guys see the similarities between the villains a little bit?
2: No, I don't get it at all, actually. Um, Oh, okay. So, just moving right (laughs) past that. I watched this with Z, my girlfriend, and... (laughs) Oh! Yeah!
1: She didn't didn't dig it so much. She really didn't dig it. I can't fucking imagine that Z would not dig
2: that fucking movie. First off, I'm proud of her that she actually even, like, agreed to this, and she was like, do we have to? And I was like, well, I have to. And she's like, okay, I'll sit here then. (laughs) Okay. That's super sweet.
1: Cause Um, she has such a soft
2: heart, dude. And like, not only that, but the first thing she thought of was she was like, Oh, she's alone in a big city. She needs to have a weapon. And I just kept wanting to go back and be like, man. And this is what I want to say to the listeners too. Most of the time, like almost all, I can't say for always people who are murdered, know the person who murdered them it doesn't really happen just randomly that much most of the time it's people they know and also it's mostly people who are just kind of like suck not necessarily like schizophrenic so if you've got friends that suck and call you up out of nowhere don't answer
0: never answer your phone anyway
1: fear everything stay inside stay inside fear
0: everything the monsters exist Uh, i literally (laughs) refuse to answer my phone for anyone doesn't even have to be someone that sucks or that I know. If you don't answer the yeah, phone. it hurts. <laughs>
1: I, I know, Steven. We're well fucking aware. Yeah. Too
0: bad. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so, you know, you might be wondering how the hell does he have a collection of mannequins, but he takes over his family's mannequin business, which I guess... It's not a thing. To, it, it is not a thing. A it thing. has to be a thing.
1: No, it's not.
0: Somebody has to... These mannequins have to come from somewhere, bro.
1: Yeah, listen, they're not grown on the mannequin farm. Listen, all right here, look, I'm just saying, first off, I like your wife's scalp. It looks lovely. I just kind of want to, I don't know why I'm saying that. I just want to kind of cut it off and put it on top of a mannequin. But I can also get you a mother—a a, a set of mannequins. Steven Steven, what are you looking for? you look looking for big, small, little boy, girl? Maybe non-binary mannequins. What are you feeling right now, Steven? Come on, shoot with me. I can work with you. <laughs> all, the all of all the above. above. All of oh, the above. Give looking, me the whole package. You're looking for the Hands Across America uh, uh, d- 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 collection. I love it. I'm d- feeling everything about it. All right, there. Also, Steven, Steven, how do you feel about me skinning your back and putting it on top of a mannequin? I'm just saying, my God, did I say that out loud? Look, so how about I get you a
0: discount? Hey, speaking of uh, a package, have you guys seen the, uh, the movie? poster for this movie? God, I don't know where you're going with it. (laughs) Well, because, like, it's basically just a guy from the waist down with his pants, like, a little bit unzipped, and he just has, like, a rock-hard boner, and he's holding the scalp scalp of one of his victims and a knife. No, he's not. (laughs) No, he's not.
2: Google, Google, Steven, I'm sorry,
1: but I don't believe you on that one. This is actually... We're, we're bringing the show... Oh, shit, you right. Dude, fuck yeah. He, he's got hog in this
2: one. Poster. 1980. Okay. I warned you not to go out tonight.
1: Mania!
0: Oh, my God. <laughs> I told you. Full, full bulge. What
2: the fuck? Also, look, there's, there's a little bit of a belly button. You can just kind of see the belly button there, This too.
1: motherfucker... This motherfucker has... An infant's arm in his fucking
2: pants. <laughs> pants, yeah, for sure. That is a baby's arm holding holding a fucking peach right
1: there. Baby. I told you, it's a, uh, it's quite. I the know packet. you told me. I just didn't want to. Be- wow. Okay. I warned you not to go out tonight. That's a
0: little bit of victim blaming. All right. <laughs> <laughs> just slightly. So, um, okay. So he uses the mannequins to have conversations with his deceased mother, pretending that they are her. His mother was this abusive prostitute that would beat him senseless before she ends up dying in a car accident, leaving him orphaned. So there's the the mental backstory here behind Frank Vito and the reason that he hates women. And uh, so most or many of his victims are women. Uh, Frank kills them violently, brutally, vi- kills them with blunt force or stabbing, and takes out his hatred for his mother and prostitutes out on pretty much all women. It's in the,
1: I, I don't know if we've talked about this, but are y'all seeing like a bit of Ed Gein and with uh, Frank Vito, are y'all feeling a little bit of Berkowitz, Son of Sam with this guy? I did not get that,
2: but yeah, totally. Because, you know, the well, the Son of Sam, also the whole thing about the dog talking to him and shit, that was oh, complete bullshit. He made that shit up.
0: Uh, you bring up Berkowitz, but... Uh, in the movie, he actually murders the boyfriend of one of uh, the women that he kills uh, with a shotgun while in his car. It's a fucking insane special effect, by the way. Uh, the boyfriend is actually played by, by uh, Tom Savini, and he does all the special effects for this movie. So when, uh, when Frank Vito blows his head off, it's actually like a Tom Savini head explosion in the car. So it's real crazy.
1: Exploding heads put asses in the seats. They do. All they right. Do. <laughs> Exploding heads put asses in the
0: seats.
2: Yeah. Tom Savini's done some big fucking shit too. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But Spinell, you know, he loosely based that kill off of Berkowitz because you know Berkowitz would often shoot people that were parked in cars. Right.
2: But the difference here, though, is that most serial killers don't murder across like. Uh, different sexes they tend to murder a single sex and in a single
0: Well, that's uh, why race. you just if you're a boyfriend you can't get in the way man never date anyone live alone <laughs> never answer the door never answer the phone never the monsters are a fucking
1: out there you know, hey, oh, hey, they all sound like this. How you doing? All right there. How you feel about my... You know, either they sound like this or they sound like this. (laughs) I am earning the accent king title today.
0: Hey, Joe, that's a meaty sausage you have in your pants there. You're not the first person to tell me this. (laughs) Oh, Baba Goosh,
1: Baba Nui, how you doing? Hey, Steven, quit looking at me with them fuck me eyes, huh? Put a condom on me before... Not my girlfriend, not my problem. That's
2: what I say. (laughs) Wants to walk, miss a walk oh my, my way.
0: <laughs> what the fuck? he meets this woman named Anna, and but he actually likes Anna. He decides that he wants to date her instead of kill her. So uh, he actually becomes infatuated with Anna's friend.
2: How do you do that? How? What? What is that trigger, by the way?
1: Because like
0: you're dating if you if you ain't killing, you're dating.
1: If I'm not killing, I'm fucking. If I'm not fucking, I'm dating. If I'm dating, I'm not killing. I'm Sam Elliott for State Farm. <laughs>
2: And <laughs> Delus like together a weird to intensify day number 171. <laughs> yeah. There's a like the first movie had a lot of homages to serial killers that were popular at the time. Or that were well known at the time. The second movie has a lot of homages to well known horror movies, but the worst part is that it ends up insulting all of those horror movies by being
0: so bad. And you got to remember that this, the first film was 1980, so this yeah. is really close to like the serial killer like golden age.
1: Yeah, which was what, 78? 73 to 78? Yeah, I mean, around there. I would say around 65 to what? 80. 65 to 89.
0: I was thinking more of like late 70s, but. Whatever.
1: I want
2: to Google this, but instead I'm going to tell some listeners to hit me with some shit about this because you're probably smarter than me. I'm
1: I'm saying the golden age of serial killers really started with what we know as uh, Charles Manson, which was around 65, 68. So that's what I was saying. By 68 to 69, right when we get around the Joel Rifkin, I think.
0: (laughs) Nice. So Frank's mindset is kind of ever deteriorating while the film goes on. He starts constantly hallucinating about his mother's corpse coming to kill him, belittling him, he's hearing voices all the time, breaks from reality all the time. So, he ends up taking Anna to his mother's grave because that's always a really awesome like date date site, you know.
1: Well, they've got to meet. Oh, Anna, listen here, Anna. Anna, listen. Oh, God, can you hear the voices? I hear the voices. Oh, God, they're coming to get me. Go, Listen Anna. Stop talking. Don't do that to me. Don't do that to me, bitch. I'll co- fucking kill you. I'll fucking kill you. Anyway, I want you to, I want to I wanna introduce you to my mother. That's a gravestone.
0: Bitch, I'll fucking kill you. Hmm? He tries to kill her, but she ends up hitting him with a shovel, and, and uh, she escapes. Uh, he heads back to his apartment. And has one final hallucination of all the mannequins coming to life and killing him.
2: It was just such a
0: wild shift from what was happening before that we were like, ah, the
2: aggressor. It's this guy. <laughs> it's this terrible thing going on. And then suddenly he's a victim of his own mannequins. I mean, I get that it's supposed to be like ironic justice or something,
0: but. Well, it's just a sim- it's symbolic for his just straight up craziness. Like he. It's a uh,
2: symbology.
0: Symbology, yes, of course No, but I mean, obviously the end The police come in and he's like Stabbing himself, basically, with a large knife You know, it's it's obviously his. He is so mentally broken That he is hallucinated that these mannequins Have come to life and, and that they've killed him But he's really just killing right. himself
2: Okay, question Since we were already on the whole uh, Culpability thing before If he's that crazy Right? That he's killing himself Thinking it's someone else killing him. Um, was he culpable for the murders beforehand? Yes. Okay, why?
0: He just wasn't always having a mental break. Like he was he was predetermining a lot of shit. He was stalking, he was following, he was planning. You know what I mean? It wasn't all just spur of the moment mental breaks where he's like, Oh yeah, I gotta do this now and whatnot. You know, he was making okay. conscious okay. choices.
1: Yeah, in, in the
0: eyes of the court,
1: he would be, he is legal, he is unable to understand the repercussions of his actions, but because of his mental instability, he would not be able to, be able to hold trial. Bec- they wouldn't be able to hold a trial due to that. He would be held responsible, but he would be placed as a result into a psychiatric uh,
0: confinement, I yeah. guess would be a way to put it. Yeah, for the rest of his life, Un- undoubtedly. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Plus, you know... He just had a huge dong.
2: Okay, I think you're con- mis.
0: <laughs> I really didn't want to go on about that, but you know what? Uh,
1: listen, construing. it wasn't was, it wasn't a knife. He was just stabbing them hey, with.
2: This fucking guy, right. forget about it. this fucking guy over here is making dick jokes. Say,
1: hey, yeah, uh, let me tell you
0: something. I may. All right, so are you guys ready to head to the uh, bowler hat scale?
1: <laughs> yeah, for sure.
0: Okay, so here we are. Moment of truth. Uh where does Moskvin belong on the Bullerhead scale, guys? I
2: mean, comparatively, no. I'm going to say one. He was the sweetest, loneliest, crazy man. <laughs> Seriously. like That is also
0: the, the title of your uh, biography, oh, by the way. Oh, the
2: sweetest, loneliest, crazy man. <laughs> I'm oddly, like really
1: touched right that now. is actually a really great name for an autobiography for a hermit you know Thank i you. know it's kind of Thank sweet you. no i'm putting him as a two i think just because just because of the nature of grave robbing and the you know the, the just the there's that unwritten social ta- that that unwritten social taboo of fucking with a body I'm I'm trying to say there's an unwritten social taboo that we don't fuck with bodies. And he kind of broke that taboo.
0: It's not even the social taboo that bothers me. Like, you know, yeah, it's, it's against the law. But, like, I wouldn't want somebody digging up my dead family members and dressing them up like dolls for their own whatever the reason. You know what I mean? And where's the line? Where's the fucking line? You know? What's to say you dig up uh you dig up somebody's dead body for this or dig up somebody's dead body for that, you know what I mean? Like
2: Yeah, I'm not trying to defend him and tell you guys that I think that what he was doing is right. I'm not saying that. But I am saying that this definitely called into question with me is like, why is it that we are so attached to a shell of what used to represent a person? I mean it's nothing, no, for it's sure. just meat. It's, it's nothing.
0: No, for sure. When I when I die, I just want somebody to huck my fucking ashes in an urn out into the ocean like fucking Troy Aikman.
2: Or oh god, who was that guy?
0: Or you can even pay Troy Aikman to do it. That'd be pretty oh, sweet. Oh
2: wait, uh, 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 Bonin, Bonin. That's what they did with his body.
0: Troy Aikman
1: hucked it into the ocean. No, Troy Aikman. Yeah, <laughs> there was a reason I didn't like that guy. <laughs> Fucker.
2: No, if I remember right, it was actually uh Clinton who signed his his uh yeah, just got, guy gonna die. No, I think he
1: gets a two. I think he just gets
0: it. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. You know, I think we gave Elmer McCurdy a three and that guy was like the biggest fuck up of all time. And I think he accidentally killed somebody and that, or something like that. I don't really remember what happened. But so, yeah, I agree. Two. Two it is. It has been spoken. I'm going with one. One for Ian.
2: Yeah. I think he's just so sweet. He made up their own holidays, man.
0: The sweetest, loneliest,
2: He truly did, like, he had special ones. Also, there was one of the dolls that its permanent home was in his parents' bedroom. So, that's, you need to set some fucking boundaries.
1: Let's just be real, though. If you were going to turn this into one of those Conjuring Horror Annabelle films, this is the perfect setup for it. Oh,
2: this is how you do it, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Plus one Ouija board, you got a movie right there.
1: All I'm saying is, like, I want to see these dolls come to life in a movie to, like, the Russian
0: national anthem. So we're all in agreement that this guy could be redeemed. I think but... so.
2: And actually, yeah, if they're going to make a movie about him, I want them to write this from, like, a... How do I put it? Almost like a, a her the movie kind of thing, where it's like kind of beautiful and sad, and it's just a lonely man kind of thing. And I don't know. I just I would love to
0: see. You this just love thing. you just love stories about lonely men, don't you? I
2: like this guy. <laughs> I think he's sweet. I mean, it's it's fucked up. But I'm that not is saying the weirdest that. Weirdest
1: fucking thing to say. Sweet. Okay. All right. That I am learning a lot about my brother right now, and I'm not entirely. For it. So, how about we skip ahead to Frank Vito? Let's <laughs> just
0: skip ahead to Frank Vito, please. You're creeping the shit out of me. Vito, he's so gross.
2: Ugh. All of versions of him. Like the first one, Elijah Wood's version. I keep saying Elijah's Wood's version because the whole time I'm watching the movie, I'm like, what are you doing? Go back to the Shire. What do you. Stop it. Put that down. Go back to the Shire. That and after
0: seeing that massive dong, all you can think about is Elijah's Wood. everyone everyone but ian
2: moment moment right there slow
0: clap slow clap that shit you guys can actually
2: bookmark this moment right here so that way you can hear that. so uh
0: yeah i gotta give him like an eight
2: yeah ah fuck if you can give someone a higher number just for scuzzing you out is that a thing
0: yeah yeah oh you should be
1: it's 1980s Dirty fucking New York. Oh yeah. Guy and- with that fucking mustache, and they all ha- and every every single fucking villain. He's from- so
0: sweaty. Like I feel like I would just break out and like zits if Have I touched you seen him. his face. And he's got the balding hair, and he's
1: just like, "Hey, all right there, all right there, jerky. How you doing? All right. uh listen, I'm gonna cut your fucking head off, and I'm gonna fuck the mouth, and then then I'm gonna get then I'm gonna scalp you."
2: Sir, you need to pay admittance to the museum or just leave, please. Thank
1: you. Oh, shit. Am I at the museum? Oh, fuck me. I'm so yeah, yeah, sorry sir. about that. Yeah. I thought I was talking to my mother because I love her so much. That fucking whore.
2: Okay. It's it's just a dollar, though, sir. You can, you can come on in if you like.
0: Oh, fucking whore! <laughs> I love it. So, yeah, eight for me. What about yours? Uh, yeah.
1: I, yeah, just pure skeezy psych- psychotic. Uh, he just he makes me feel dirty, dirty. on, like, yes. a physical level. Like, I need a long, hot shower after watching this movie. That's not the only long, hot thing you're going to get from him,
0: though.
1: <laughs> Listen, Joe Spinelli... Joe Spinelli wrote an amazing movie, all right? He wrote and, and, and he starred in that movie. Yeah, for sure. And it is an effective film, all right? I don't want to... I know we're trash-talking Frank Vito, but that's kind of exactly what he is, what uh, what you know, Joe Spinelli looks like. That's just him. I'm not trash-talking him. He's an amazing... Yeah, he, he
0: kind of looks like Ron Jeremy. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> he's
1: a great writer. He's a great writer, and he really breathed life into that character. So I don't want to... I don't want to diss him, but oh my god,
0: his character is an absolute eight because he's so hot. Just on the no redemption. Do you guys think we should break into Joe Spinell's coffin and mummify his body so that his spirit can come back into him? I kind of think he'd be weirdly into
2: that, but I'd need to get permission from his family because I learned a lesson today.
0: (laughs) 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 Would we also put a a tiny mask on his dong too? (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> a tiny wax mask in the do- on the dong and like we have to find makeup in the garbage and that's what we put it
1: together with yeah man that's yes yes I'm done I'm done I can't
0: I just can't that's so gross getting to some listener feedback here Jared actually sent me some information uh letting me know that Ronnie defeo died in prison. Yeah.
1: What a, what a great guy. Hey, look at that. The little red face fuck who is, uh, you know, I, I didn't shoot my family. It was the mob or, uh, uh, it was the Indian ghosts that did it for me. And oh God, it's Indian. Not allowed to be, am I not allowed to say Indian anymore? Let me say it was the indigenous people, uh, ghosts that made me do it. Uh, catch him, kill him. Catch him, kill him. Yeah. That's pretty good. He's dead now. <laughs> yeah. Now he's in heaven. And is he? Uh, yeah, I don't know about that part
2: but And also Now they've made how many movies about that motherfucker And everything around him
1: Why is it that assholes are going to be known forever? Yeah. As long as there is movies The man, Ronnie DeFeo will be known He, he won't the, the, uh, the old adage of You die twice You know, when, when the last person forgets you he, he, he is for all intents
0: and purposes Immortal, immortal. yeah and
1: I hate him for it.
0: Yeah, I mean they've they've made what nineteen fucking movies from about Amity. And like how many Amityville?
1: fucking documentaries? Yeah, if you
2: want to be well known for the rest of your life, like for the rest of history, just be a big old asshole, Genghis Khan or Genghis Khan, depending upon if you're uh,
1: Dan Carlin or not. Shut up! Just shut up! <laughs> just shut up! I'm so sick of Dan Carlin, Genghis Khan. G- Genghis Khan. All right. This next piece of feedback is coming from MPM uh, host and uh, part-time co-host here on this show, uh, Cheats McGee. Cheats says, uh, the doll maker photos are actual nightmare fuel. And then in all caps, do not like. That's yeah. what
2: I'm saying. So if you've gotten to the end of the episode here and you didn't listen to either of my idiotic co-hosts, a suggestion of going to look at it.
0: You don't need to. It's not a you necessity. Do. You do. You definitely need to.
2: You don't. Just, just think
0: about it. Just take a take a minute. Are you gonna listen to me or jo- me and Joel? Or are you gonna listen? To the saddest, loneliest, crazy guy. God damn! Hey, the
2: sweetest, loneliest, crazy, crazy. Oh guy. yeah, the sorry. Sweetest. sweetest. My bad. I'm trying to be sweet to you right now. If you could go back in time and not see Tub Girl <laughs> or Go See, would you? Yeah,
0: I'm sorry. I confused saddest with sweetest. I don't know what that's about. The saddest, wow. loneliest guy in the world <laughs> is begging you not to. <laughs> sorry, I got you guys. I got you guys mixed up for a second. Fuck you. <laughs> <sighs> Uh, uh, speaking of cheats real quick, before we get to the end here, uh, Joel, did you listen to that episode like of MPM like three or four episodes ago where Cheats just went on a crazy rant and then was just like, fuck Joel Mingle right in the (laughs) middle of it. I didn't hear that. What the I fuck? That. Really? What episode was that so I can look it up? I don't remember which episode it was, but Cheats was going on this crazy tirade. I think it was the Bad Boys episode. He was going on this crazy tirade because for whatever reason, Cheats wasn't believing in witches and magic and all the cool shit that he normally believes in. And we were like, what the fuck is the matter with you today? And then he just goes on this huge rant, which also included disparaging your name.
2: I like that when someone is mad, they just, like, use Joel's name like a fucking curse yeah. word. He did
0: apologize at the end of the episode. <laughs> but you no, 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 I that, left though, it. Obviously. What's <laughs> oh, on now. It's on now. It's fucking on now. I just figured I'd... I have, you know, it's not... No, I don't want to start anything. Feud,
2: feud, feud, uh-huh. feud. All right, guys. Feud. If you want to tell your
0: friends about us, they can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, uh Tune in pretty much any other major podcast platform out there. If you want to hit us up with some feedback, you can find us on Instagram, on Twitter, uh, and on Facebook, even though fuck Mark Zuckerberg <laughs> at uh, the Curly <laughs> Mustache Podcast. Uh, also, if you want to um, check out some pod- other podcasts from United Cipher, you can check out Motion Picture Meltdown or the Edge of the World broadcast, which has season two coming up soon. And lastly, uh, check out some podcast from friends of ours like nerdonomy the whiskey reel sorry to waste your time and code yellow a scare actors podcast i'm steven
2: i'm joel and i'm ian the sweetest loneliest man mingle
0: (laughs) make sure you stay